is up for realers. Real coming at you live, kind of, from stormy Los Angeles. It is raining outside, and we also might have a little bit of our old friend construction coming through. Yep. Apologize for that. Uh, they are making their return along with us yep. after we have taken a two-week break. Yep. Uh, I am Tyler. And I am Greg. And this is... For, for real. How you been, man? It's been it's been a while since I've seen you. It's been a while. I, I think that the last time that we had a conversation was for the Knives Out pre-screening. Oh, we actually didn't didn't get to tell people that we got I, to go see that. There we go. But uh, for those the cats out of the bag, nice. both of us have seen Knives Out. It's amazing. Uh, it comes out next week in theaters. We'll get to that a little bit later with oh our uh, projections on it. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun with this movie. It's a... Uh, I will say that what they're advertising is different from what you're actually going to get. And that is a beautiful thing. Because mm-hmm. it definitely goes in an unexpected uh, avenue. Which helped it feel very fresh and very thrilling. And at least for me, this was just fun. Yeah. Which is something I haven't felt like in a movie in a very, very... Like genuine fun. And I'm, I'm going to say it here first, guys. That's my movie of the year. I don't watch a lot of movies in comparison to Tyler and, and a lot of other movie buffs. But this was my movie of the year. It just had a complete mixture of everything in it for me. And as you guys from uh, former episodes will probably know, Tyler's been super excited about this. I've been a little bit wayward. Kind of like, I'm not sure if this is going to hit or miss. It It's definitely a hit. For me, I hope that it does well in the box office. Kudos to the guys on that project. It has been fantastic. It's it's one roller coaster ride of unexpected certainties. Yeah, I love the the ending is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's it's a cherry on top of a fantastic story. I don't. Yeah, we could we could probably we could probably devote a whole po- podcast <laughs> to to talking about it. Uh, we do have to get to our extended hits and whiffs. Let's uh, do the hits and whiffs. So we're gonna catch you up on the movies that came out two weeks ago, and then we're gonna talk a little bit about the uh, the box office that we didn't predict from this past weekend, mm-hmm. just to give our give our uh, thoughts. Let's roll it in on the hits and whiffs. Should First we one, should we start off with the big whiff? Let's let's go on the biggest whiff this week. Doctor Sleep. Projected to do 23 to 33 million. This one was something else. Greg had it at 40 million, thinking that the star power or the brand power of this movie was gonna forefront and shine. Uh, Tyler, what did you have it at? I had it at 25. 25 on Tyler. The actual rolling in at a whole whopping 14.1 million. 14.1 million guys. It's it's been talked about a lot oh uh, at this point. Uh I saw the movie. It's fantastic. I think a lot of people missed out on this movie. I have similar thoughts about a movie that we're going to talk about uh later on in this segment. I I feel bad for everyone involved because they put together a fantastic fantastic movie. I think that the when it comes to this, my advice would be restructure your branding and marketing this was just this was a result of poor marketing most of the people that i talked to about this film had no idea that it it was or is a continuation of the shining i think that if it was now granted there was some marketing around that but there was not 
like that should have been your hard hitter. That should have been the the thing that you put out the most. And well, I will say, having seen the movie, mm-hmm. I do kind of get it because a lot of the actual connection to The Shining and all of that happens in the last twenty minutes of the movie. Right, but but what I'm saying is that whether that might be true or not, the marketing is going to get the butts in the seats. That's that's the point. Like that's that's that's, that's the main that's the main argument. Like I, I haven't seen the movie not yet. Um, and probably won't see the movie. Horror films are not my thing. But the the fact of the matter is is that there was not enough draw to it, and it fell on a weekend that was kind of unpredictable and as, not Halloween. And it, as to your point about it being a horror movie, it's not. Mm. It's not the traditional horror movie that you or really anybody would think that it is. Right. It still would have benefited coming out on Halloween. That that's basically better marketing and releasing would have benefited this movie. Same with our next one, Last Christmas, uh, projected 15 to 20. I had it at 25. I had it at 7. It did 11.4. I'm not counting either of these as hits for really anybody. <laughs> I, we, we, we both whiffed pretty badly. I also saw this movie. Um, Amelia Clark is delightful in it. The twist, I put that in quotes, you can't see it. But it I'm, I'm doing quotes is ridiculous and really will hinge your uh, thoughts on the movie. Sheesh. Greg, I can I can tell you what it is off air. That's fine. Because uh, I, I don't think you're going to see it. But it, it is, despite that, I thought it was cute, but also probably could have come out at Christmas. Yeah, I, that's, that, was my, that was my second thought. It was definitely Christmas uh, movie that was released just a bit too soon. Even more geared towards Thanksgiving, but I I understand why they wouldn't do it around Thanksgiving. About a week or two before Christmas, right between the Star Wars release. And and Star Wars and Jumanji are coming out at the same time. Crazy. I know. We'll talk about that another time. No fear. No fear. (laughs) I like that. I like that a lot. But next, we have Midway, the dark horse in the in the run up <laughs> the the surprise i don't know why i don't get it i don't get it uh but uh midway projected to do 10 to 15 million greg had it at 7 million tyler where'd you have it at i had it at eight this movie did a whopping and i mean that with all intents and purposes a whopping 17.9 million on the box office totally cruised past its projection range from Box Office Pro. I don't get it. I don't understand what happened. I guess yeah. people, you know, there's not a lot of World War uh, films that are on the market. This kind of did it for people. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Big question mark. <laughs> Drop a question mark on the, on the title. If you've seen the movie, Tyler, have you seen it? No, I am yeah. stayed away. So guys, if you've seen the movie. Please, please let me know what was so special about Midway. Next, we have the playful kids comedy starring... Good counter-programming. That's good counter-programming. Starring John Cena called Playing With Fire. Had a projection of 7 to 12 million on the weekend. Tyler, where'd you have it at? I had it at 12. Greg had it at 10. Came in as expected at 12.7 mil. Good job, Ty. Thank you. That's... It's the only one I would count a win out of any of these, mm-hmm. and I don't even want to, like, if I was one for four and still won the hits and whiffs, I don't want to take the, like, sure, we'll tally it, but right. I, I'm not going to count it, because it's just 
Just a crazy weekend. It was. Speaking of a crazy weekend, mass audiences were finally able to see Ford v Ferrari. It's been talked about for a long time. It's uh, was projected to do 32 million. Came in right around that at 31.7. It's actually one of the first actual successful Fox films after the Disney merger that yep. that actually performed probably better than Disney hoped that it would. True. Um, I, I have not gotten a chance to see it. I, I think I'm actually going to check it out later today. Me too, I think. I think. But yeah, I got some stuff to do. You know when you got stuff to do, guys? You got podcasts to build and, <laughs> and, and other stuff to do. But next we have Charlie's Angels, which Tyler got to see yesterday. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to and attend. I, I, f I feel really bad because I, I did see it yesterday, last night, in fact. I went to a very, very late uh, screening of it. I would have gone to see this opening weekend. I did go out of town this past weekend, so it wasn't uh, me passing up the movie and seeing it on a weekday on purpose, Listen, I would say. I think I think the guys and girls out there understand vacation. I've taken two. So, <laughs> You're on your first one. So, I mean, like, I... I would have liked to have seen this and help support the movie its opening weekend because my my money last night didn't really help its box office its weekend. Not that it would have helped the weekend anyway. My seventeen dollars like it really would have made a dent. Right. But I would have liked to have supported the movie. It did have a projected thirteen point two million. It did eight point four, which is a far cry from the uh, Charlie's Angels movies that came out in the early two thousands, directed by Mick G. Nick G. Starring Cameron Diaz, Drew Barrymore, and Lucy Liu. That's just a dynamic trio, I think. That... And, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, it's fine. It's fine. Just cut me off, son. Wow. <laughs> I, think it, I think that, you know, um, a little too late on, on this release, but from what I saw, because I was able to, to see a couple parts of the film, it's just a fun movie. It looks like a super fun movie. I know that, Tyler, you got a little bit more to say about that, but, like, the girls did a good job. Uh, Kristen Stewart uh, is hilarious. She was so much fun in that movie. And just if you get an opportunity, go watch that film this weekend. I'm not sure how long it's going to last in theaters. Obviously, with the product that's coming out next week and the week after that, like from now till the end of the year, is just going to be power hitters and it's going to take up all the slots. So if you get an opportunity, go watch this movie. It's super fun. Take your girls out. Have a little hangout. If you're if you're like me, go watch it by yourself with a couple buddies. Go watch some ladies on screen. They are an amazing group. I think that it was a under I wouldn't say an underachieved movie. I think that it was appreciated. A, it was underappreciated film um, coming into this weekend. And it's pop, yeah, popcorn flake. It definitely is, and I I think to your point when you were talking about the casting between the last movies and this movie, it's definitely not the same type of star power. I think that was the first problem. Mm -hmm. When your most recognizable name is Kristen Stewart, who I've seen her in a lot of indie movies. She's a fantastic actress. She does try outside of the Twilight movies. Please don't hold her to that anymore the same way that you hold, you know, now Robert Rob Pattinson, Pattinson has outgrown that and shown how good of an actor is. Kristen Stewart is just as capable of an actor as he is and she really kind of gets to let loose in this movie so I, I i think the casting did ultimately hurt the movie i think people are tired of reboots yep i think the marketing was terrible because it doesn't really play up the humor and how fun this movie is yep. and also i'm 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 gonna open up this can i think there is a little bit of sexism at play too uh in the film 
No, and why people didn't go see it. Oh, I mean... I think a, l- a little bit. Yeah. I think that there are still people who are like, I don't want to see that. It's got a feminist agenda, and it, it does kind of wear that on its sleeve, but it's only in like the first like five minutes, and then after that, it really just becomes a pretty fun, solid action film. Yeah, uh, and that's, that's a... That's a good point to make. I mean, like, that, like that wouldn't have been on the forefront for me. And again, I've 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 seen bits and clips of this film. It it just look it looks like a fun movie, but the marketing the marketing in Hollywood right now is is not where it should be. And we'll see we'll see how that goes. The the best people at it, and they have thirty five percent of the market share is Disney Plus. Oh, so not Disney. <laughs> see how see how I snuck that in there. Um, is Disney right? Um, they they have the best they have the best strategy for marketing. They've been doing it for the past hundred years. They know what they're doing. Everyone else is kind of playing catch up or or trying to like adapt, which Disney has been able to do with the way in which the demographic is changing or the way in which the demographic is absorbing information. But we'll get into that at mm-hmm. some point. Last but not least, we have the Good Liar, which was projected at six point three million, not too far off hitting an actual of five point six million i heard this was actually pretty decent i heard so too I, I again i just think that there was there was not enough buzz around it ford uh v ferrari was kind of like the front runner this weekend a lot of people were excited to to go see christian bale and and uh, matt damon matt damon on screen that movie looks like a lot of fun as well all of these three were pg-13 i believe good liar was r good liar was r it i think r. it captured the demographic it which going to which is why which is why getting there just you know just under a buck is is fine i i i didn't see i didn't see much interest for this film going in um has good star power at least for the the older demographic for me uh, definitely has a star power for me but i i wasn't compelled to the story too much um and probably will not go watch this movie cool Time to get into the news with your newsreel. Newsreel. Let's do it. So officially happening, uh, saw this right before we started recording, Joker sequel. It's happening with Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, God. And they've said that it will not explore Batman's origins. Uh, Greg, you sound thrilled. I'm over it. I'm I'm over it. And you liked the movie. I did like the movie. But I'm over it. I mean, it's a cash grab, guys. Don't take the bait. It's a cash grab. Before we move on, I do want to say Warner Brothers, it was made for $55 million, has grossed over a billion worldwide. It's the first R-rated movie to do so. Yep. I, I think it is kind of a cash grab. It's a cash grab. Um, uh, so but the, the per, we I know in the past couple weeks we've been talking about, about profits and everything. Like, this movie is insanely profitable. Oh, most Regardless definitely. of... M- our feelings on it, I, that's something I can't deny. Yeah. It, it's in the data. <laughs> the, the numbers speak for itself. I, I just, I don't believe in, you know, harping on the back of, of something like that. Like, okay, what are they going to do? They're going to make another a Joker sequel. This is, this is exactly how it's going to go down, guys. They're going to make the Joker sequel, right? They're going to spend $150 million on the Joker sequel. There's going to be a bunch of controversy around it. Not the way in which this one was, but there's going to be a lot of discord when it comes to being on set and how this film is going to be produced and put out. There's going to be a lot of bad energy around it. And it's, it's going to make money because all of you guys are going to go watch this film. 
you're going to sink a bunch of money into it and it's going to be other trash. Then they're going to come up with a third one that's going to do absolutely nothing because the taste from the sequel was horrible. Unless Todd Phillips decides after the second one that he's out. And more than likely, if he does that, Warner Brothers is going to jump in and be like, we need to find a new director to do Joker 3. Going to come in and do Joker 3. Joker 3 is going to be a complete bust. That's my hot take. Look out for the next five years when you're listening to this in the archives. Know that Greg said it here first. <laughs> right? That, that's why it, 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 it gives me a sick taste in my mouth to see that they're, that they're working on the sequel. One, this film was not that good, despite what the numbers say. I think that the numbers speak more to the hype around its controversy. It got a lot more butts in the seats than than the film itself actually deserved. Because there was a so this beautiful marketing, you you branded as Joker. Throw this concept of this super dark character who, honestly. Up to now, we still don't know has anything to do with the with the DC universe in terms of Batman and that sort of stuff. Which looks like it's going to continue. Like they said, they're not going to explore that universe. Right. So when you step into a sequel like that and you ask yourself, what is what is the actual story that they're going to tell? The studios, the studio is going to be super heavy handed in this one. Todd Phillips is going to get frustrated. I'm speaking this out like this is not my personal opinion. This is what I've seen consistently not only from this studio but from most studios that do these types of sequels not even disney is good at sequels to be quite honest mm. and we'll talk about frozen 2 when we get there not even disney is good at sequels when it comes to that we've seen it with maleficent we've seen it this past weekend not this past weekend we'll see it this upcoming weekend with frozen we've seen it with incredibles 2 we've seen it well with... incredibles 2 i i did really like incredibles 2 i it, loved incredibles it, 2. it made so much money so yeah. it's I, I think you're more speaking to the quality of the sequels rather than them making money because like toy story 4 made money incredibles 2 made money finding dory made money yes all of these movies did make money and so I'm, it's not that and i'm not saying i'm not saying that it's it's just on the money fact so like but what i'm saying is that like disney's the only one that has been able to manipulate that more than successfully other than you know we'll talk about like the dark knight and that sort of stuff like there's there's certain films that manipulate that really well other studios they just they're just not patient enough or not focused enough on what made the movie a hit and just try to mass produce it so i i feel as though if warner brothers does not take caution on the production of this film it's just gonna be a tire fire and it's gonna make a bunch of money film might be what it is and then they're gonna try and come up with a third one they're gonna try more it's it's it's, it's a holy mess can we actually keep it with warner brothers with our next one drop it the pressure to release the snyder cut of justice league is getting a lot of traction now ben affleck gal gadot ray fisher joe manganello uh, all voicing their support there's been no comment from warner brothers whether this is actually going to happen or not uh, I've heard rumblings that they might go to HBO Max when that releases, and that'll be their kind of big platform thing because HBO Max doesn't really have anything. They just have like, oh, hey, here's our streaming with like all of our shows and stuff. Like they don't have anything to like kick it off. Would getting to see the Snyder Cut of Justice League get you excited enough to 
pay for that service or i mean it doesn't look like it's going to get a theatrical release like it's going to get if anything it'll just get released on a blu-ray somewhere like they'll do a director's edition if warner brothers even lets it happen but the would that be exciting enough for you to get hbo max or you do you care not really i think that for for me like look, look at it this way you have you have your Netflix, which was kind of like your grandpapa of, of streaming services. Now the new kids in town with Disney Plus, I would honestly say as my review, I'm a little I'm a little underwhelmed by how limited the content is. It's, it's kind of com- it's, it's coming. It's kind of what I what I thought it would be on the initial, um, but their marketing is so great that everyone went out and grabbed it, even me included. I know that you did as well. Yep. Um, First day. <laughs> especially when you got that, that sweet bundle deal i i think that the only thing that i'll watch hbo for and this is me personally is for stuff like ballers and uh if i want to watch reruns of of entourage and that kind of stuff there's not much programming that's like this super exciting about that's going to be released on, on HBO Max that, that will get me super stoked. Plus, this movie came out two, 2017. Seeing the, the... If I'm able to buy it on a DVD or on a Blu-ray, I'll faster do that and spend that money outright than go and spend $60, $70, $80 a year on a subscription program that I'm probably only going to watch the movie once for. So That's fair. That's just my perspective. No, I agree with you. I, I think... The time has passed for that. I think it might be a fun extra on a director's cut or something on a Blu-ray. I wouldn't go out and get HBO for it. Yeah, I mean, if they were willing to do that, 2018, early 2018, they should have re-released it. I, that's that's That would be me. Be like, Zach, re-release your movie on, on theaters. Like, throw it out to 500 theaters of your director's cut. Let's see how it does against the market, and then you, and then depending on how that goes, if it's a bust, it's a bust. If it's a, if it's a hit, and then you re-release it a little bit wider, and then cut it back down to to the DVDs in 2018. We're going into 2020, guys. No one's talking about your your Justice League anymore. Well, out, outside of the people, the stars of the movie who want to see it come out. The the thing that we're looking for from that universe is uh, Wonder Woman that's coming out 2020. I was looking out for Flash. That's no longer Birds a thing. of Prey. Birds of Prey is coming out 2020 as well. So we're looking to the future. There's no reason to step back into the past, which seems to be the theme of the decade, which we're coming up on another decade, guys. Just hit me that surreal moment. Yeah. Wow. We're getting old, Tyler. <laughs> oh, don't say that. <laughs> well, well, Greg has an existential crisis. Yeah. Uh, moving away from... Warner Brothers in their extended universe or their superhero thing uh, catalog. Yep. Uh, the Academy. Uh, this was a story last week. The Academy denied Nigeria's Oscar submission Lionheart and Austria's submission Joy from Best International Feature Film because the films are mostly in English. In the case of Lionheart, only eleven of the ninety-five minute runtime is spoken in Igbo, which was the native language to a small group of Nigeria. The thing that's interesting about this, well, a little more backstories. Uh, since 2006, the Oscar rules dictate that eligible movies must have a predominantly non-English dialogue track. 
Nigeria's official language is English. They mm. were a British colony. So that that's kind of what makes this baffling is like w- what line do you draw there? And it's actually forced countries like Ireland and Australia to submit movies not in English. I think Ireland's submission this year is in Arabic. So I mean it's it's kind of a wonky rule and a, there was there's been a lot of outcry that these have been uh, denied, especially after they were originally approved. Mm-hmm. What well, what what do you think about this? Should they should they take countries that English is the native language, like Nigeria? Should they make allowances? I think so. On the first read, so usually I browse through the 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 notes that Tyler puts down. But on the first read, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Like we should we should definitely have this as a rule because of but i wasn't thinking broad enough and and you're absolutely right i remember uh, a couple of years ago we had the australian film with the the i can't remember the name of it i think it's lion i'm not sure nicole kidman the yeah. australian family took in the 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 east indian yeah point, Deb, right? took in dev patel right yeah. so so but that that was predominantly in english I mean that there was a large portion of, of that film that was uh, spoken in in the in the native language over there in, in India. Who is to say that like a new a, a film from New Zealand where the the language is predominantly English can't be submitted as an international film? Well, Why it's... does it need to be a different language for it to be international? It it speaks to a different mindset to me. It's kind of getting me upset right now. <laughs> well, it's it's interesting because Lion was actually <gasps> Weinstein. So <laughs> sorry, I don't know if I can say if I can utter his name. It's like Voldemort. Um, I I try not to talk about him at all. But it was a Weinstein film, so it was made within the United States. Another example this year is the movie The Farewell. Mm-hmm. Takes place mostly in China, with the characters speaking, I believe, Mandarin. Mm. It's a twenty-four. Right. It is not eligible. Right. It has to be produced in the country that was submitting it. It needs to have more non-English than. And I think so. I would be more convinced if that was a stipulation. Have. Uh, an international cast have an international director have an international producer that should be the eligibility doesn't matter what the language is in right and it should be staged outside of the united states well they 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 do it so to open it up to more they're they're it's an effort for them to be more diverse but at the same time they're stifling it as well yeah which is which is a shame. No, I, I get and and that is that is the tricky line between diversity versus like you're force feeding diversity at that point, right? You're force feeding the, the like have some clear cut international doesn't mean foreign language. Like you see how like that that could well, be they, they changed it from best foreign film to best international Inter- this year. Like that is a new thing. Right. So so international international to me means. Because you could have you could have a film that comes out of the Caribbean, like from you could have a Jamaican film, you could have a Trinidadian film, you could have uh, one from Barbados, you could have one. All of those are English-speaking countries, 
so if they so i mean it's a little bit easy i don't i don't know i, I like i'm i'm <laughs> lost i'm lost for words on this point i'll get back to this i yeah. might i might do a nice little segue sometime throughout the week because this kind of bugs me a lot like yeah. it, it, it's it's very upsetting not just in just like general terms yeah. as as filmmakers but it, there there's a larger implication there that i do appreciate them doing it and i'm putting this in quotes for diverse like i understand them wanting things to be more diverse but at the same time you're also cutting off diversity yeah there's, there's a certain there's a certain point of ignorance when it comes to it because i'm sorry to say that about the 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 academy but like international or foreign doesn't mean foreign language there are a lot of foreign countries that speak english my friends <laughs> you know but like if the stipulation was that okay cool international film means produced produced outside of the united states uh director is not from the united states actors aren't from the united states that should be it yeah that should be the 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 let that be the long and short of it like okay cool like you could you could you could tell me it's not eligible if you have a nigerian film with a nigerian director and your star is will smith tell me like okay cool that's not eligible right will smith's not from nigeria right yeah. with which they made the error to do a concussion where he played the the doctor there we go right that's not that's that's not international film so i i like this the stipulations for for a foreign film or international fe feature film should be based on geography not based on language that's like saying that a, a nigerian film cannot be uh qualified for the academies if there are you know predominantly white nigerian actors in it you see what i'm saying like that's we, we, we've reached the upsetting part of our show because it's going to continue through the rest of Newsreel into our getting real. Uh, like I said, equally upsetting. James Dean is going to be digitally recreated through CGI to play a leading role in the upcoming war film Finding Jack. Uh, this is going to be done through a company called Worldwide XR, and they also hold the rights for uh, such deceased stars as Christopher Reeve, Ingrid Bergman, Jimmy Stewart, Lana Turner, Rock Hudson... And they plan to do this for more movies. I think this is gross. <laughs> Personally, I, I, I wrote in our notes, is this a good idea? And I hate myself for writing that because the answer is no. no. <laughs> the answer is no. No, 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 no. You, you, know that, you know that video of Michael Scott in the office when he sees Toby's back and he's going, no, 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 no. Like that that is me about this like everything about this is just oh it hurts yeah it hurts i had to take a sip of coffee on that one uh, <laughs> uh one one more quick thing before we get into our getting real fresh off of their horrific second trailer cats is actually gonna miss uh a bunch of awards deadlines it's gonna miss with a bunch of critics it's not going to screen. It's going to miss the Globes. It's going to miss all these key nominations. Right. This is the movie that needs it. Right. And it's missing it, and I find it hilarious. <laughs> Good luck, cats. I got no comment. Yeah. The, either I, one of those. Well, it's it's because it's just so like. Yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah, like, it's it's just bizarre, and I I threw the cats one in because I mean I don't care about the movie. No. The movie looks terrible, but 
we do talk movies, and if a movie needs good word of mouth, it's Cats. Yeah. And it's not going to get it. I this, this is the only thing that I'll put out there. I'm going to be the one person in theaters watching Cats because I'm just intrigued at how it's going to play out. And I think that's what a lot of people are going to go see it for is because they're just going to be like, what the heck is this? Yeah. I was like, if it turns out to be fantastic, great. But I, the expectation is a complete dumpster fire on this movie. And it it's showing to be that right now. So, but it's time to get real with our getting real segment, guys. I I talked about it. I was gonna I was gonna give you credit. You, I talked about it. I shot you down. I I talked about it. Tyler shut me down, <laughs> right? But I I see trends and I I understand. I see trends, guys. The rules are changing and it's changing fast. While this officially has not happened yet. The ink is just waiting to dry. The Justice Department is going to be overturning the Paramount Consent Decree. Mm. For those of you that don't know, this is a rule that has been around since the 1930s. Tyler, hit them with their history lesson. The Justice Department sued and won against the movie studios, saying that they had too much control over the industry. When this thing called the Paramount Consent Decree was enforced, studios were forced to give up ownership of movie theaters, and it made it illegal for them to do lots of things like bundle bundle multiple films into one license, having one license cover all the theaters in the circuit, set minimum ticket prices, and give films exclusive license in specific areas. The Justice Department now believes the rules have outlived their usefulness in a world where the movie business has changed considerably and they want to clear the way for more consumer-friendly innovation. So, what does this mean for you guys? Tyler, hit them with what this might mean. This means Netflix and Amazon can buy their theaters to show their movies. I said it! I said it last week. Not last week. I said it in the podcast before. Go take a listen to all of them because I said it here, guys. This was this was something that I saw happening with this with this trend. The, the it's not the only thing that's going to happen, but that is a big big implication of what's going to happen. What is also going to happen is it's going to give studios like Disney more power. Basically, they can now force theaters to show a movie that they know is a dud mm-hmm. in order to be able to show a film that they know will be a hit. So basically, they'll say, you have to open this crap movie, and if you don't, you won't get this other big movie that's going to make you tons of money. Right. This also means they can shut out independent films, mm-hmm. the smaller films that now are able to get into theaters because that were able to because of this rule. Mm-hmm. That means movies like Parasite, mm-hmm. Well, Amazon's going to have their own theaters. I was going to throw out like Honey Boy and like all that kind of stuff. But Mm -hmm. these smaller movies will get forced out. That means all of you who have seen Parasite would not have been able to. So that's that's where I'm going to put a pause on Tyler right here because I'm going to throw out another hot take as to how I feel about this situation. But I was spot on. That was my hit of the century. That's why I'm saying. But I, I see the game changing, guys. And the game is changing. The studio is going to... The studios, and this is why the Justice Department would would do it over, and I think that the studios went there first. I said it last time, 
I said that the way that Netflix could stay viable is if they're able to open their own studios, their own theaters, sorry, and have it exclusively for their market. Right? Which, which they did do with the Egyptian. Right. They did buy the Egyptian in, uh, in Hollywood, but it was under the stipulation that they can't exclusively show Netflix movies. They have to show other things. Perfect. But the, the thing about it is that if you look at the documentation when it comes to Netflix and Amazon, they are technically not under the same rules as a distribution center like Paramount, Warner Brothers. So falling out of those rules means that they have no obligation to follow this said rule that is about to crumble and fall and open up Pandora's box for a whole different theatrical experience what does this mean for the movie theaters i think that this is more harmful for the movie theaters than anything else because let's go back to to the, the i'm i'm gonna bounce around because i'm excited about <laughs> this right but when it comes are, to the to are the, you excited because this could be this could be terrible like i'm 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 excited i'm excited because i i, I want to see what the landscape's going to look like it's it's excited in, in a terrifying way like i understand for now with me being now you guys would know this by now I'm super excited about the business aspect of, of the movie industry, right? From the from the distribute from the production to the distribution to the the retail side of things. I'm super excited about all of it, and I'm seeing the trend is exciting to see because we don't exactly know how that's going to react to the to the market. This is my prediction, though. Th this is this is actually bad for the smaller studios. I think that the smaller studios are going to get cannibalized by the likes of Netflix, Amazon, and streaming services like that. We'll still get to see our indie films, but it's going to be under a new umbrella of your Netflix, Amazon, and that sort of stuff. I mean, that's the hope, especially with how we've been saying you know the big studios won't make those movies anymore. Mm -hmm. I, I, think I, I was going to say, this, this is one of the things... I will now. We're. I, I've been trying not to bring up Scorsese's comments because I've been been over it. Yeah. But they were weirdly. He weirdly kind of saw this coming, mm -hmm. where he's like, "Don't shut out these other movies." And now, this is speaking more to that. Yeah. While I don't agree with how he kept saying it, and I wish people would stop asking all these directors and filmmakers and actors what they think about Marvel if they're cinema or not, and. Mm -hmm. First off, cinema to me is a very outdated term. I call it going to the movies. Yeah. Let's just call it, it's, it's going to the movies. Who right. says cinema anymore? We, we can't shut these movies out. No. While the big theaters, or while the big studios, these blockbusters do help keep their doors open, because a lot of people do come see them. Avengers Endgame got a lot of butts in the seats. Mm -hmm. The theaters were busy. The theaters made money, mm -hmm. regardless of how much they had to pay back to Disney. The studios still made money because all that movie was just on fire. Mm -hmm. We, yeah, we just can't we can't shut these other movies out, and this is opening the door to do that. I don't want to lose sight of all these movies. Like, what what does this mean for your favorite studio, A twenty four, who does who does a lot of platform releases, who releases built on word of mouth? They're mm -hmm. built on. I mean, is is this going to change the Oscar race because it's starting to look like nobody's going to see a lot of these movies that ended up getting nominated mm -hmm. if they still get nominated now. The, the, it's, it's a terrifying prospect to 
try to predict the future of this because I could be wrong. Yeah. I could be. Uh, uh, me as well. But clearly in this aspect, I was right, guy. No, I'm playing. But wow. but, but let's let's look at let's look at it this way, right? Now, in this situation, in this scenario specifically, there are going to be winners and there are going to be losers, like everything else. But the same way in which the internet changed the way in which we interact with the world, this ruling is going to change the way we interact with our cinematic experience. It's not as big as the internet. The internet was, was a hole punched through the fabric of time. This is more of like, you know, nice little wormhole somewhere in there. A very tiny thing in the spectrum of, of everything in the universe. I think that it's it's let me tell you who it's gonna suck for. It's A twenty four. It's gonna it's gonna suck for people like A twenty four because they're gonna have to up their game or get bought. Right? There's gonna be a lot of cannibalism when it comes to the the non studios. The studios that don't have a lot of content. And I'm calling them studios now, which is already changing the way in which we're thinking. Because your Amazon and your Netflix are, do have the buying power right now to absorb a lot of the content that these smaller studios have, right? And able to, because right now Netflix is on the hunt for content. Amazon, not so much. They have a bigger, they're bigger than that, right? But there's definitely going to be a shift in the way in which we interact with cinema. Who else is it going to suck for? Your the theaters correct. Your exhibitors, it's gonna it's gonna completely suck for the exhibitors. Content is king, and the exhibitor has no zero control over the content. And the the other thing that's gonna suck for the theaters is now the studio is gonna get to dictate how much they have to pay the studio back off their profits. Mm -hmm. uh, they could start imposing things like guaranteed run of film. Mm -hmm. Show times. Mm -hmm. They may not. That's that's the thing. I, I don't know. I feel like they're going to because they want to flex a little bit of control. And that's that's what this whole play is about. It's about control over the distribution and exhibition of films, but it's it's setting a level playing field for the traditional studio. I'm I'm gonna pose you a question. Pose it. What would you think if Disney bought a theater chain like AMC and made all their content exclusive to AMC? Game over. Game over. Is that a move you see Disney doing? Because it's terrifying. Yeah. If Disney did that, it's, like you said, game over. Yeah, but game over. I, I, I don't know. Because I think that there's a lot that goes into running a, a theater chain. But then again, I, I did have the perspective that Disney was going to buy California from the United States anyway. So <laughs> nothing's like, nothing's impossible for Disney. Uh, <laughs> if you, like, that's, that's how far I think Disney could go. Like, they could, they could be like, here's $40 billion USA. We're going we're gonna to buy the state of California. Now belongs to Disney. I, I could see something like that happening. It'll be the, the United States of, of Disney. I could see something like that taking place as far-fetched as 100 years from now. The company's got the, the power to do so. Well, D Disney already started doing that with Last Jedi when it came out. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of flexing, not buying California, but kind of flexing <laughs> its muscles and doing all the, the power plays 
of they wanted guaranteed run. run they mm-hmm. they they've tried to do stuff like this before, mm-hmm. and these small theater chains didn't want to have empty theaters and miss out on product because they were holding on to Last Jedi, so they just didn't show it. Right. Which which probably hurt them a lot more than it hurt Disney. But yeah, I'm sure Disney just shrugged. Yeah, but it's just like, yeah, it is what it is because especially on the international numbers, it's gonna work. So like to get back to that question, if Disney did that, is it's game over? They will have to shell out a lot of money to do so, and they then they do have the money. But I think that the the real issue is, is that again in a in a content game when it comes to exhibition, running a running a theater efficiently, especially when you have AMC's got you know, what, they have like, what, a thousand or 1,500 theaters nationwide. And they have a very, very good membership program. Right, so, and which which I'm sure that they could overhaul. If Disney, if Disney bought AMC with a real proper plan, that's game over. The game is done. Everyone else should just go out of business because you're going to get bought. That's the first part, right? It's going to become a complete monopoly unless the, the government intervenes which I doubt because Disney's like the biggest gangster on the planet. It's just it's gonna take a whole different department. They're gonna have to hire a whole different group of people. Which, again, all of this is possible. I just don't see it as part of their priority since they have the launch of Disney Plus and they they have all these directors. They're gonna pull out new content. Probably in the next ten years, you could see a power play like that. Which I think AMC is is owned by a Chinese company. Am I wrong on, on that? I have no idea. I, I think that, that, that AMC... I could be wrong on that. Don't, don't quote me on that. But I think... Too late. Quoted. Ooh. So I think that if if Disney does make a play like that, then everyone needs to bunker up and and, and dig in the trenches because it's going to be... It's... it's they, they have collected the sixth Infinity Stone and that's it. They're about ready to snap. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that's most frustrating about this, and I said this before is this is all just us guessing yeah it it could end up being a thing like how everyone was worried about joker and nothing nothing happened happened. Mm -hmm. what if this happens and it stays the same Mm -hmm. real talk i don't see that happening no (laughs) the industry is going to change for people like us i know you're you're bigger into numbers than i am I really hate talking in hypotheticals. Yeah. Especially because I just feel like I'm grasping for like, oh, what about this? What about this? What about this? Ooh, we didn't think of this. Like it's, it's, it's almost frustrating Mm. in in a way because I want to talk about it because there, there is so much that can happen and there's so much on the horizon that doesn't look great, Mm -hmm. especially now it, given the things that they're able to do, they're going to turn out more sequels. They're going to turn out more, you know, non-original content and force the theaters to play them. And they're going to push off these movies like Parasite to these little art houses or if A24 buys a, ends up buying a small theater chain that has distribution in like New York and LA or mm-hmm. whatever they end up doing, you know. I, I don't want to have to start driving to find these movies as as much as I do enjoy the Fast and Furious movies and these bigger budget even not even franchise movies I I, I do enjoy studio 
releases more often than not. But I also enjoy these indie movies, and I don't like what it's doing, what this move does to the industry and pushing those out. For those of you that don't know, I'm from West Virginia. I moved out here about 10 years ago. I had to search out these movies. I remember in college, I had to drive over 100 miles to find Pan's Labyrinth to watch it. Now, you see, now, that's commitment. That right there is commitment. I wasn't driving two miles to go watch nothing. Like you said, we're, we're, we like how, as a society, we like how much content and how much things are at our fingertips. I, I have all the streamings. I have Disney+, Plus. I have Netflix, I have Amazon Prime. Like, I, I'm trying to soak up as much content as I can. I get it. I think what is ultimately being lost is the theatrical experience, mm-hmm. at least as we have come up to know it mm-hmm. up until this point. And that's what kind of bummed me out. That is that is quite a bummer. I'm not I'm not gonna lie, but I know I know that we have to wrap because this has been quite extensive. But I kind of want to do a part two on this tag. Yeah, no, this, this we. Is big. I I, I want to see. I think in the coming weeks we're gonna see. Once the ink is dry, mm-hmm. I think studios are gonna start acting quickly. Yeah, I, and 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 that's that's the thing. I think that for me. I'm not too afraid of speaking in the hypotheticals or me myself pushing out content on uh, speculating as to what this could possibly mean. That's exciting. Whether it's it's horrifying, but it's exciting. It's all a matter of perspective. It's something. It's something. It's it's definitely something, guys. But for the for the most part, we just have to wait and see. But the numbers, the behavior is pointing a certain direction. I can't wait to be right on this <laughs> again. It's it's gonna it's definitely something, and and we'll see how it goes. We'll see yeah. how it goes. We'll we'll see. I'm 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 in the bummer camp. I'm I'm in the excited camp. I never had to drive a hundred miles to go watch a movie. I, I I have way more thoughts on this. I'm gonna I'm gonna scribe it down. I will probably do a couple shorter sequences throughout this week because this got me super hyped that I, I also want to talk about the the foreign film stuff but talking about the future guys let's just hop into our future reel before we end this uh episode this week we have a good couple films coming out uh, friday releases and next week wednesday releases that we're going to talk about today um first up speaking of sequels which i was talking about earlier in the episode we have frozen 2 coming out let it go let it go. They should let it go. Stop <laughs> it. Right? Frozen 2 with a box office pro range of 120 to $160 million on the weekend. Could be a big weekend for this for this movie. I'm seeing it a lot be. of I'm seeing a lot of good buzz around it. Uh Tyler, where do you have it at? I have it at 140. I have it right in the middle. I I remember when Incredibles 2 came out a mm. couple years was it last year it was last year oh man i thought it was two years ago if it, it feels Ooh. like it was two years ago a lot of film has come out since then and disney has been chucking out product like nuts but i i remember the projections were kind of in this range for that mm-hmm. and then it did 180 yeah it just obliterated yeah it was over father's day weekend so that was nuts that that helped mm-hmm. but i still i, I think 
this is one of the more beloved Disney films. Mm -hmm. And it's getting a sequel not too far away removed from from the first. True. Uh, I'm at 140. Um, I'm probably I'm probably gonna hit that 180 on this one, um, just because that you know what be more specific 185 just because of yeah the, when the first Incredibles came out like there there's there's a little bit of a gap in in terms of like when the first Incredibles came out and the second Incredibles came out Toy Story has had this long run Frozen one for a little bit of history, came out to one theater, did $250,000 in that one theater. Before which was the L cap. Right. Which Disney owns, uh, but they got approval. Right. Which is the way that you have to do it to mm. have your own theater if you're a studio. Right. So, so that was that was the case with, with the first Frozen. It was a test piece. Coming out of that, there have been shorts. There have been so much marketing behind that. They had that annoying 30-minute short in front of Coco. Right. Um, which was so, so, it's not on Disney Plus though. I haven't seen it. But anyway, my thing is that if you were if you were five years old when that movie came out, you're probably eleven or twelve now. So it's not too far removed from the mindset. I think that like if if you were five years old when that came out, you're probably not gonna go watch this film unless you live in California and you're around all this Disney product twenty four seven, or probably, you know, I, I don't know how the teens think these days. You know, they're too cool for that or whatever the case. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to happen. But the the time gap between the two releases will absorb a whole lot more buzz behind it. The magic is still there, although it's been said it's not quite there enough. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll Dis see. Disney has a way of, of overperforming. Either way, this thing's going to be huge. Yeah. It's going to be big. So next we have A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood starring... Tommy Hanks. No, it's the stop. stop Tommy? It. Stop it, Greg. Stop it, Greg. Tommy? <laughs> anyway. That was, that was my little fun clip. Go <laughs> Tom Hanks! Uh, starring in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Playing or as I will always continue to call it is Won't You Be My Neighbor. Right. <laughs> it's really hard to get that out of my head. Right. I've called it Won't You Be My Neighbor way too many times. Right. But uh, what's it projected? Um, it's projected to do between 16 and 21 million on the weekend. Tyler, where you got it? I'm at 25. 25. You think this is going to be bigger than it is? Yeah. I'm going to drop on the lower end at 20. It's it's releasing on a pretty big weekend. I think that there's. I think that a lot of people are going to go watch this movie. Just I don't see I don't see enough for for 25 or above. Kind of on that 20. I I think it's uh. It's a message movie that I think people are going to gravitate towards. Kind of like how they're gravitating towards movies like Jojo Rabbit and mm -hmm. you know these things that kind of are lighter yet speak to to your heart. Mm -hmm. It's definitely a positive vibes movie. I might go watch this. Oh, I definitely will. I grew up with Mr. Rogers. There it's, you go. I'm I'm still upset that nobody uh, voted for uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor for Best Documentary. Should have been nominated. Should have won. I'm not over it. <laughs> Next up, 21 Bridges from uh, STX starring Chadwick Boseman. Produced by the Russo Brothers. Pro has it at a range of 7 to 12. Greg? I'm going to put it at 7. I'm, I'm, at, I'm at 8. I have, I have, there's not much to say about this. I, I want to see it. I like these movies. I just don't think it's going to perform. No. 
So that's it for Friday. Mm-hmm. Now on to our Wednesday movies. I'm actually going to jump to Queen and Slim before we get to the other one. Uh, projected 5 to 10. I think I'm going lower end 5. I'm at 7.5. Mm. Uh, I, I think with his Oscar nomination and exposure from Get Out, I think Daniel Kaluuya will be a draw. Uh, it is a uh, socially relevant thriller written by uh, Lena Waithe, mm. who wrote for Master of None. She's a fantastic writer. I believe she won the Emmy for writing an episode of that. Right. It's got a little little bit of cred behind it. I kind of wish Universal would be pushing it more. If I were the filmmakers, I'd, speaking of marketing, I'd be a little worried about how that's getting marketed. Mm-hmm. Uh, could be good. I think it's going to be a great film. I think it's going to be one of those uh, diamonds in the rough. But like you said, the studio's not pushing it enough. I don't see a lot of marketing around it. I don't see enough marketing around it. Um, I wish I had more stats on this. I don't know how many theaters it's running out to. It's like probably 1,500. Yeah, something right? like that. So there's 1,500 uh, theaters nationwide. I don't, I don't see a lot of push behind it, especially coming out on Thanksgiving weekend. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Frozen Two will have its second run going into that weekend, and uh, with all these other films, there's a lot of competition with not enough conversation around it. I think opening weekend is going to be a little bit of a dud. Going on, depending on the word of mouth coming out of that, is it'll probably be a little bit better. But next up, tell what we got next. Knives Out, yeah. Greg's favorite movie. Yeah. Everyone, before we predict this. Please go see this movie. It's amazing. It's a lot of fun. It's amazing. You won't regret it. You would not. I was skeptical all year, guys. Tyler has been trying to convince me all year that this is going to be a fantastic film. I've been skeptical from the moment he said it to the moment I sat in the seat to go watch it. When I came out of the movie, I was a skeptic no more. This is a fantastic mastery of comedy and and mystery and yeah every actor in this movie is top tier mm-hmm. like it's got a cast up the wazoo i was excited about it pre-movie even more excited about it post-movie it just delivers on all fronts pro has it 17 to 12 uh sorry 17 to 22 there you go i'm going 30 Oof. I'm going 100. No, I'm playing. <laughs> and you, you woo me? <laughs> I think 30 is fair. But I took it first. I know. I'm actually... I'm going to stay on the on the quarter and go 25. As much as I love this film, and I think that the whole world could, should go watch this and feel good about their lives and really get the message in it um, and just have fun with it, it's, it's, it's so much fun. Uh, you know, it's the only regret that I had Going into this film, I didn't have my popcorn. The lines at the concessions was way too long <laughs> for me. To, and so, so I'm a very distracted film watcher. I get I, I get bored really easily, with which is why I don't go to watch a lot of films. Like once once a film hasn't taken me to a place within the first thirty minutes, I'm kind of like I'm I'm over it. He he fell asleep in Sicario, which still angers me. Right. If it doesn't take me to a certain place in a in a in a thirty minute window, I'm lost for the film. I'll go use the restroom. I'll get a grab to I'll grab a bite to eat. I'll drink a little something, you know. Um, 
this movie had me captivated from minute one to minute 126 or however long the, the run is. It's great. Go see it. Go Just watch. go see it. That's all I got to say. Go yeah. watch the movie. I, I know that the, um, the director said, don't throw out any spoilers. And I, I hope that when you guys go watch this movie, don't tell your friends what, what was in the premise. Just enjoy it for what it is. Have fun with it. Be like me. Nice little bubble of energy. And then have your friends go watch it. So then you could discuss it. But don't discuss it before. If anyone comes out with spoilers, you are... A terrible person. A troll on this... <laughs> a blemish on this planet. No, I'm playing. That's too harsh. Guys, thank you for tuning in to the For Real Podcast. We really appreciate the support. I know that I've been slacking on the Instagram. That's more my department. On the social media aspect of things. Tyler's been doing a fantastic job at, at grabbing the data, getting the notes, and us being able to have content on a week-to-week basis. I got to get better on, on my front. I'm, I'm going to devote a lot more time so that you guys have more content to, to absorb and digest. And, you know, I really want to start having a little bit of a dialogue on these social media uh, platforms. So please go ahead and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You could also, while well, you're already listening to this podcast, if you are <laughs> listening to this podcast, it's amazing. Thank you for all the support. Uh, but we're on Anchor. I'll drop a link in one of those social media uh, uh, platforms so you could link right to it. Have a uh, safe and fantastic Thanksgiving. We won't have an episode out uh, until after Thanksgiving, so have a fantastic holiday. A mm-hmm. lot of interesting, good movies going at, coming out this weekend and middle of next week go see him not just knives out go 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 absorb as much as you can have a fantastic holiday i'm tyler and i am greg this has been for real